welcome back everybody balls and beards podcast season two episode 27 we're gonna do a part one we're gonna have a part two out later this week we've got so much good stuff because the nba gave us uh, some good lots of stuff to talk about yeah. here and then we've got the nfl of course around the corner mikey and i will have an nfl preview episode dedicated to that uh yeah. you know kick off a little bit later on but before we get to all of that mikey mm-hmm the NBA, we've had some developments the last few weeks. Yeah. Your Lakers in particular, yeah, yeah. we've had some movement. You know, they went ahead and went and grabbed Pat Beverly, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, a good move, I think. But we'll jump in, we'll get to your thoughts. And then, of course, there's been some other talks and ongoings about maybe yeah. pulling the trigger on some other deals. You know, I, I think this was just a first step, hopefully, in then getting a resolution to dealing, you know, Russell Westbrook, hopefully. But, right. Mikey, let's, yeah. uh, you know, tip things off right there with your Lakers. They went out. They finally made a move. It's Pat Bev. Uh-huh. I, I like it personally for me. He's going to come in. I think you guys needed some perimeter defense badly. I like that Pat Bev is, a, is an energy guy and he's a talker. I, yeah. I think the Lakers needed some of that, you know. The, it, everything was very kind of low-key for how poorly they performed last year. And I think you need somebody to come in and that's going to kind of fire things up a little bit, going to get the crowd going, going to, you know, talk a little smack here and there. So I like the move, dude. Yeah. I, I like And I like the fact that he played across the hallway there for the Clippers for a while, too. Yeah. So, you know, you, you steal somebody there from, from the in-town rivalry. But, Mikey, of course, we got to get your thoughts, a Lakers fan. How do you feel, dude? Pat Beverly uh, is on the team, and uh, I know you'll go through the details of the deal, who you guys had to give up and so on, but yeah. how do you feel, dude? Um, so, I, you know, I got to say that uh, I am a, I'm a fan of this trade. Uh, you know, I have um, I got a couple friends, or one friend in particular, that is a big-time Clipper fan, and, you know, he, he's a big fan of Pat Beverly, but he was asking myself and some other Laker fans, like, you know, how we felt about it. And my, I can sum it up like this, man. Pat Beverly is a lot like a Rajah Bell or a Ron Artest sure. or a Tony Allen or a, in the modern-day NBA, probably a Marcus Smart, that kind of a guy who I hate playing against him, but I yeah. would love to have him on yeah, your team. Yeah, totally, right? right? Um, yep. you Annoying know, to play against. Exactly. Totally. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, his antics are somewhat, you know, over the top. And, you know, I guess maybe at this point in time, maybe his bark is a little bit worse than his bite. But having said that, you know, this is a guy that, look at last year. I mean, you know, the the Minnesota Timberwolves had a talented roster. They've had a talented roster for the last few seasons, right? And every year it was kind of like early, you know, preseason predictions where, you know, they could flirt with the play-in tournament. They could possibly make the playoffs. You know, a lot of things have to go right. But you look at it and you look at what he was able to do and he was a big catalyst in why they were able to succeed to the level that they were this last season, why they were able to compete night in and night out. He was able to get the crowd riled up, he, whether it was on a home floor or on the opposing team's court, you know, and he was able to, to make plays when they needed them. He was able to, to get stops when, and help get stops when they needed them. Um, I, I think he's going to be sorely missed uh, come, you know, the season for the Timberwolves. Uh, I don't I think, think that right. they, yeah. they're kind of like a Derek Fisher for the Lakers, albeit Derek Fisher did it a lot more quiet. Derek Fisher was a quiet contributor, and he was a consistent force and a consistent person, you know, that, that was a steadying hand when it came to, you know, the Lakers and their offense. The Lakers, 
you know, back in the Derek Fisher days, they had Kobe, they had Shaq, they had Pau Gasol, they had, yeah. you know, Lamar Odom, they had some of these other guys. And lo and behold, you had Derek Fisher that was not able to knock down shots when he yeah. needed them. Yeah, big shots. He was able yep. to play consistent defense. Totally. He was able to do a lot of those things that, you know, kind of went unheralded in the stat sheet. And they kind of went unnoticed. And I think Pat Beverly is going to bring that very much so to this Lakers squad. I think that, you know, he's certainly a player that's going to hold other players accountable. Yeah, like uh, Which, that. you know, I, I mean... On a young team, probably that goes without saying and is probably a lot more valued. In this instance, it'll be interesting to see because you got Mr. LeBron James sitting there and it's like, That's true. Yeah. you know, yeah. is, is, how is that going to go if LeBron misses a defensive assignment? Is Pat Beverly going to be able to? Surely LeBron's going to sit there, Chris, and be like, yeah, you know, sure, we want to hold each other accountable. Oh, but of course. Yeah. When push comes yeah. to shove, is that going to be the yeah. case? But look, this is a guy that fits in the mold of our coach, you know, Darby That's Ham. True. He yeah. plays that yeah. similar style, blue-collar basketball. Um, you know, Austin Reeves, uh, you know, uh, Lonnie Walker, you know, the guys that we picked up so far in free agency. This is the kind of guy that's going to be able to impart knowledge on them. Sure. Uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn, same kind of thing. I, I think this is, this is a really good pickup. Uh, you know, going even to the start of the, the po- you know, the offseason – Pat Beverly was asked on one of the morning talk shows, you know, sports talk shows, he was asked about where he'd want to play, would he want to play with LeBron James, and the first thing out of his mouth was absolutely. Like, yeah. You yeah. know, the Lakers, oh, yeah. like, you know, sure. he wants to, you know, he, if he wasn't a Timberwolf, like, where would he want to play? And he was like, the Lakers. So this is, you know, one of those things that, you know, for the last few seasons, we almost signed him as a free agent a couple seasons ago. Uh, he ended up going back to the Clippers. Right. Uh, yep. You know, yep. so I think that this is, again – Great pickup. His career averages are about nine points a game, four rebounds, just a hair under five assists a game. So, I mean, this is a guy that uh, he's pretty consistent. You have to respect him from three-point land. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's not overly flashy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what transpires in the weeks uh, ahead with regards to how our roster is going to shape up. Um, you know, is he going to be a starting point guard? Is he going to be coming in off the bench? Where is he going to be utilized? Right. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that gives us a competitive advantage more nights than not. Um, and I, and I like the pickup, dude. I, I, I really nice. do. Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, we gave up, we finally pulled the trigger and gave up talent, uh, Horton Tucker, who's okay. been so in the THT trade, was trade part rumor. Of the deal. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's been in the trade yep. rumors for the last two seasons. Um, you know, we finally let him go. He goes to a rebuild in there. With yeah, the Jazz I think franchise. it's a good situation there good. For, for him, yes. for you guys, totally. He, you guys kept him. He had kind of a breakout two years ago. This last year kind of got lost. You yes. know, didn't really take that step forward with the way your roster currently is. It's a like it's a good situation. Correct. Right? Go to the rebuilding Jazz. Get an opportunity to be a full-time contributor. Have a defined role within that team and so on. Yep. I like it. And and. You know, we we know obviously what role Pat Bev is going to play on on this Lakers team. Even right. if you're going to go and, and and hopefully get some more pieces. Right. You know, we we know how he's going to fit in with everything. And and uh, yeah, man, I like it too. I, yeah. I thought this was a good move. I yeah. thought this was a good move. And then you know, hopefully there's going to be a part two, which you know right. we'll get to in just a second here. But yeah, totally. As you pointed out, um, a guy that was with the Clippers goes to the Timberwolves. You know, I. I big part of them being able to finally get over the hump, get in the playoffs, actually avoid the playing tournament, actually mm-hmm. get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, gave a very good Memphis Grizzlies team a good run for their money yeah, there in yeah. that, that first round play. Well, and I mean, he so. was he was pretty, you know, uh, he was a good force behind, you know, D'Angelo Russell. He was a yeah. voice of support behind D'Angelo Russell. I mean, this is a guy that he puts on that uniform, and whether you're the first guy off that bench in LeBron James or you're the 15th, 16th, 17th guy on that bench, you know, he's going to have your back and yeah. he's going to do everything in his power to, to you know, show that. Whether yeah. it's in the post game, during the game, whatever the case may be, he's sure. going to have your back. So I, I think it's a great it's a great pickup. You know, we lost Stanley Johnson. He was the other player involved right. in the trade. That's right, that's yeah. um, You know, I'm sorry to see Stanley go. I think that, you know, he, he came on last year playing in a few, cup, a few 10-day contracts Ended up yeah, signing for the for rest of the season. And he was solid, And then, yeah. you know, ended up getting a guaranteed deal and whatnot. And I think that, you know, he would have been a pretty good piece for our puzzle this upcoming season with the with the youth movement part two that we had going on. You know, it, it, it's, I, like I said, it, you know, the, the bottom line is it's a good pickup for us. Um, I think it signals that, you know, we are very much in that kind of, like, Sort of kind of purgatory still, where we're win yeah. now, yeah. you know, and we give up that youth to get a 34-year-old player, you know, that at best is probably going to play 25, 30 minutes a night. Right. Um, you know, but, you know, either even still, when he gets steps in between those lines, man, he, he's a bulldog, and, you know, totally. it's going to be it's gonna be a good pickup. You know, obviously, Laker fans hated him when he played for the Clippers. Yeah. Now they're going to yeah. root for him. But yeah. the same could be said for LeBron James. I oh, mean, yeah. You know, totally, how many Laker yeah. fans yeah. were like, eh, who's better, LeBron or Kobe? And it was always Kobe. And yeah. then, Kobe, you know, LeBron comes over, dons the purple and gold, and it's like, hey, we love LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think in the, in the very, very same instance, that's what it's going to be for Pat Bradley. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, nice, I really dude. am. It's yeah, going to be totally. exciting. So, uh, you know, next up on our list is, uh, you know, keeping it with the Laker theme. With the arrival of Pat Beverly, um, obviously for a lot of talking heads out there in the rumor uh, verse and whatnot in the NBA, there is the conversation about whether or not Westbrook is going to stay a Laker. Uh, the talk over the last week or so, Chris, has been that uh, you know the Lakers were prepared to either let him play or okay. they were going to potentially John Wall him and basically tell him to stay home, stay away from the team, pay him $47 million to not even pick up a basketball for your team. Um, yeah, dude, uh, I've got thoughts on this, uh, yeah, but I'd like yeah. to get your thoughts first. Uh, you know, it, there's still a couple talks out there, uh, you know, and this all kind of ties in. Um, sure. But uh, first of all, we'll, we'll address that one. You know, would you rather have, if all options are off the table and it's, you know, potentially Westbrook plays, or he doesn't, and you send him home, and tell him not to play. Chris, what what do you think? What do you think? Well, I I don't. I mean, I hate both of those options. But if I have to choose one, I'm not going to pay somebody forty seven million dollars to stay at home. Right. On a team that should be in the playoffs and competing for a championship. So Correct. You have to figure out a way to take a forty seven million dollar asset and make it work. If you right. can't turn that into other assets. So yeah, totally. You know, um, like we we talked a little bit before we hit record, that worked for the Rockets because the Rockets were in a clear rebuild, right. and 
Houston, as great of a city as it is, and a big city, it's not L.A., right. and it doesn't have the pedigree you guys have. It doesn't have the Lakers' history. Right. It doesn't – nobody had them pegged to be a championship contender or anything like that. Sure. So it made sense. You knew that they were going to move off of him at some point anyway to go continue with their rebuild. So the Lakers aren't rebuilding right now as no. long as you've got LeBron and he just signed his extension. AD's under contract. There's no rebuild going on. Correct. It's trying to get back to the playoffs and get, and get going. So, yeah, um, I, th there's no possible way that you would do that. And my bigger problem is with it, this is now coming on the heels of an entire offseason, an entire summer, going back to the end of the season. Of Now we've had to listen about how they're all committed to making it work. And, you know, Russ had a conversation on the phone with LeBron and AD. Right. And, you know, Darvin Ham talked to him right away when he got hired and. You know, that's all we've heard is about how, you know, they'll make it work and they're figuring out creative ways to be able to play, you know, Russ and all this other stuff. So to all of a sudden flip the script, you yeah. know, as we're getting closer to, to training captain, like, well, you know, maybe not. We, we might just tell them to stay at, stay at home after a whole summer of listening to, to how you're going to make it work and how yeah. committed he is to, to the Lakers and they are to him. I I think you just got to honestly just move, which we're going to get to in a minute, but you just got to move off of it yeah. and be done with it and, and stop because this has gone so many different directions at this point. At one point, you know, I remember hearing that they were trying to talk to him about coming off the bench. We, we knew that wasn't going to happen because Russ fired his agent thinking that he's still – people are trading for him to try and build around him, and that's not the case. They're trading sure. for him – because they can get rid of, you know, his expiring contract right. and other things that come with it. So it's clear that was never going to happen. So, yeah, dude, I'm I'm big against the whole, yeah, we're going to send you home and we're going to John Wall you like the Rockets did last year and pay you a bunch of money just to stay at home. Right. No, if he's still on the roster and you're paying dude that dude that kind of money, mm -hmm. you've got a new coach, you've got a guy that's been in the front office for a few years now calling his shots, Sit down, figure out a way you can play the guy and make it work with the talent you have. And if, hey, him and AD and O'Bron had a conversation and they're committed, get everybody to sit down and get your commitments all out there, air it out, come up with a plan of how sure. you're all going to play together and then go out and execute it. Otherwise, move off of this guy, round right. out your roster, and go for a championship. Sure. That, that, I, that's my thoughts on it. But no way would I do, Yeah, you're going to sit at home, bro, while we pay you almost $50 million. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think that, you know, to your point, it's, it's kind of ludicrous, right? Because you have potential options out there, mm -hmm. whether it's the, you know, many mentioned, uh, uh, you know, trade with the Indiana Pacers for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald that right. would have to yeah. include, you know, both of your first round picks, number 20, you know, in the year 27 and then in 29. Um, so, you know, if you have an option out there to better your team, to better yeah. your roster, yeah. to get out from underneath him, yep. um, then I, I, I don't understand why you don't do that. Um you know, I, I, I do think that, okay, if, if nothing happens between now and the start of training camp here this next month in September, you know, I, I think that the idea, at least, of entertaining him coming in off the bench, I get it for $47 million, and that's not something that he was necessarily privy to during earlier in the offseason, but, you know, if you could... Russell Westbrook, if he plays anything close to like he has... Before last season. Yeah. 
him coming in off the bench rather than Pat Beverly makes a hell of a lot more sense. Oh, yeah, it and makes certainly total from sense. A, you know, yeah. playing him in a pick-and-roll yeah. type situation with Anthony Davis off the bench or with Thomas Bryant or with Damian Jones or, you know, whatever, I, I think staggering him and LeBron probably makes the absolute most sense. Sure. Um, especially if LeBron continues to have the ball in his hands and run the point. Um, you know, I think that that certainly, you know, uh, plays into that. You know, I think Darvin Ham has even alluded to him potentially coming in off the bench. And look, Westbrook, to his credit, and I, and I think it's important to throw this out there because I don't think it's getting enough credit out there in, you know, the the people that are listened to a hell of a lot more than we are. But, and that is, unlike Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant, not a peep out of Westbrook. Outside yeah, you know of what, what Mikey, he's, that's a great point. Outside that's of you point. know yeah. him firing his agent and going with different representation, there's not been a peep out of him. No, he you're hasn't. Right. He yeah. hasn't gone yeah. to Instagram. He hasn't yeah. gone to Twitter. He hasn't you know flirted stuff out there in the media that he's pissed that, off about what the Lakers points. are doing. Yeah. That he yeah. doesn't like the yeah. moves that they're making. Yeah. You know. Pat Beverly comes to town, and you know they have a history going back. You know between the two of them. And nothing has happened. No, he hasn't said a peep. He he ha, yeah. Granted, he hasn't said he'd be willing to come in off the bench or anything like that. But there was just now here within the last few days there were some pictures that the Lakers put out there on their Instagram feed, and it was him in the gym with the young guys. And it wasn't didn't necessarily look like he was, you know, working out with them per se specifically, but. He was definitely in the gym in a Lakers shirt, like yeah. And so, at the very least, he's he seems to be working on himself and his game to some degree, right? And can, so, you know, yeah. at the very yeah. least, despite the fact that he, along with Kyrie, along with Kevin Durant, along with Donovan Mitchell, has been involved in these rumors it, for him going back to even last season prior right. to the yeah. trade deadline, yeah. he's been a consummate professional. It's a great point, so Mikey. I, I would agree like with to you at 100%. least acknowledge yeah. that and give him yeah, credit totally. for that. I, I agree. Um, and so, regardless of what happens, so I, whether or not he's still a knucklehead to co- take it back to the court and and refuses to come in off the bench or what have you, like yeah. at the end of the day, that's obviously going to to kind of be the catalyst to whether or not this season's going to be successful with him on our roster, right? Or we right. really have to like figure out what our moves are. I agree with you. You can't pay a guy forty-seven million dollars on a team that's in win-now mode and have a guy that's his with his talent just yeah, sitting at home. Just sitting at home. I, yeah. I don't think no, that that works. Out a way to um, work. So I think that you have to figure out what that looks like. Sure. Um, which leads us into the next potential segue, which is that now the him Russell Westbrook is now being considered to be a key piece in a potential three-team trade that would end up sending Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks, players to be announced coming back to either team, but uh, the Lakers sending uh, their first-round draft picks in 27 and 29, along with probably Westbrook going to the Jazz, um, in a three-team trade that would be facilitated somehow, some way. God only knows yep. what players would be coming back to the Lakers. I've heard Jordan Clarkson's name being mentioned. Oh, I've heard wow, Bogdanovich's okay. name okay. being mentioned coming okay. back to the Lakers. Um, guys that I, I don't I, – I could sit there and we could parse through names right, as far as right. coming back from the Knicks. I mean, you know, Julius Randle, they want to get out from underneath. Um, 
So it'd be interesting to see what kind of names and players are attached to that kind of a deal. Sure. Uh, but again, you know, this is an interesting development. Uh, it sounds like Danny Ainge is really wanting those draft picks from the Lakers. Uh, it certainly would appeal to them, given that they were trying to acquire assets. Sure. Again. Yep. Um, you know, that gives the Lakers a potential out. Uh, I don't know, man. It sounds like, you know, the ball's kind of in both the Lakers court and the Knicks court to, you know, either sweeten the deal um, or or do something here. I, I don't know, man. What do you think? Do you think Donovan Mitchell is still a, a Utah Jazz player by the start of the preseason? I think... Or training camp? I think... Be, as the rumors continue, and it's it's, they picked up steam real quick, and then it's it's not like they've really like simmered out or like gone completely up and down. Kind of like mm-hmm. the KD and Kyrie, there was right every week it was like completely up and so hot right. and cold, right? Yeah. Like no, oh, no, no, I'm good. Now I'm with the Nets. Nope, nope. Now I'm Just demanding kidding. my right. trade. Just kidding. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. You know, and all that. It's been very kind of this came out real quick, heated up. And then it kind of simmered down, but it stayed simmering yeah. this entire yeah, yeah. time. It's been it's in been the smoldering. news. Yeah. It's been smoldering. So I believe that by the start of the season, something's going to get done. I think unless, now unless, and, and you know we've talked about it, we, we know that supposedly the Lakers have a deal out there from the Pacers where you could get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner uh-huh. for Russ and those two draft picks, the 27 and 29 draft picks. So... As you start to think about players coming back and so on, I look at those two. I love the fit of those two players in your roster, especially right. now that you've added Pat Beverly, right? Miles right. Turner combined with AD down low, I think that gives you guys maybe the best rim protection duo in the entire league. Yeah. I, you're, your defense massively upgraded yeah. from, from last year's, you know, especially obviously with the addition of Pat Bev. We know what Buddy Hill can do. Mm-hmm. You guys tried to trade for him before last offseason. We're thinking about it. He's another very good sharpshooter. Yeah. Exactly what you need. He needs some three-point shooting, some good young three-point mm-hmm. shooting. Mm-hmm. He, you, you, you fit him in, and I like the fit with LeBron and everything. Yeah. I like how those guys kind of will go right in and give you some different options, both offensively and defensively. Yeah. So I would just want to make sure that you're going to get – that same back in return, mm-hmm. essentially. So, um, but at this point, especially now with this heating up, there might be something there. Yeah. You know, I think Danny Ainge is doing what Danny Ainge does, and he's gonna, like we've t- mentioned before too, he's gonna do everything he can to sweeten that pot and get as much as he can. Sure. So, and you know, hey, two more first-round picks from the Lakers—that sounds good. Yeah. You know, as far as all that goes. Looking at your front office, if I'm Rob Palenka, I think at some point I've got to understand that trading a a draft pick that's five years and seven years in the future yeah. won't get you fired. Missing the playoffs again this next year will get you fired. Yeah. So yeah. It, looking at it from that lens, just pull the trigger and send the draft right. picks. You guys make the playoffs and you make a playoff run. Nobody's going to be right. – at the end of the season, no Lakers fan is going to be like, yeah, well, we gave up a, a first-round pick seven years from now to do that. Nobody's going to sit there and say that. Yeah. So I, I think, to answer your question in this long, roundabout way, yes, Donovan Mitchell will get moved, and yes, the Lakers will have a couple new pieces in place. Okay. Russ will not be there anymore. That's what's going to happen. I think Blink is going to realize this at some point. Hey, I got to I, I gotta yeah. make these moves because these first-round picks, while we're, I get it, you don't have too many assets from a draft standpoint. 
You kind of want to hang on to him. I don't know, dude. Yeah. Maybe overvaluing him a little bit. The Lakers have never really rebuilt through the draft nope. anyway. Even Kobe, you traded for. Bloody Divots on draft day. Correct. So, yep, you got to go back to like Magic, which was 1979, right. guys. It was a long yeah. time yeah. ago. You guys just don't do it that way. And you don't need to. Yeah. You really don't. So. Yeah, well, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, those draft picks are so far out that you don't even know who's potentially going to be in that yeah, we draft. We have no idea, you know. Yeah, I those mean, kids are still in high school, yeah. you know. And, and so, you know, they're, they can't even drive yet. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, like, exactly. I, I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you you can retool. And, I, and I, I understand that for a lot of teams, especially the way that, you know, these these trades have happened where the amount of picks, the amount of, you know, the, the, the quality of players, the players that you're looking for, you know, there's a, there's a lot to it. It's, it is fairly nuanced. It, it's not just as simple as trading this for that. Um, so I understand that. And, and so there's this kind of holding pattern where – you're just trying to, you're playing chicken and you're just waiting to see who blinks first. Um, you know, and I, and I think that it's just interesting, like you pointed out though, that like Buddy Heald was on the Lakers radar prior to last season. And then rather than pulling the trigger and trading Kyle Kuzma to Sacramento for Buddy Heald, we yeah. went and went to Washington and got Russell Westbrook instead. Yeah. So the idea that we potentially could have Buddy Heald again albeit for two draft picks that we wouldn't have necessarily had to get up to get him before. Maybe Fair that's enough. where Rob right, is like, well, we're going to have to. Yeah. But guess what? You're dealing with a completely different franchise. So you're, yeah. you're dealing yeah. – and not only that, but you're also potentially including, you know, but, uh, Miles Turner in the equation. So that's going to require a little bit more yeah. capital. And up until, you know, for the last few seasons, Miles Turner, save for some injuries and stuff, and his – Un, you know, his, his not good fit with Sabonis hasn't exactly, you know, been the same player that he was a few seasons ago. So That's maybe you're point, kind Mikey. of like, yeah. we don't want to give up quite as much because we don't exactly know what we're getting from Miles yeah, Turner. Right. Yeah. Um, but even still, though, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I guess there's, there's just way too many what ifs. The Jazz are clearly wanting to deal. They're clearly wanting to do yeah, something. Yeah, they're wanting to do something. You know, and... and yeah. It's just, it, I don't know. So, it's interesting because there, there's been some talking heads over at the network that shall not be named. And, <laughs> you know, like, it's one of those things where they're like, well, Russell Westbrook's going to be traded. I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know for who. But it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that, you said absolutely nothing there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Thanks you know, for nothing. You know, you yeah. get paid how much money to, to yeah. dribble that kind of nonsense out of your mouth? Um, so yeah, dude, it, it is one of those things where, like you said, with Donovan Mitchell in particular, you know, there, it's been smoldering, uh, clearly Danny Ainge wants to do a complete rebuild. The Knicks want him. I, I don't understand necessarily where the Knicks have their hang up. I mean, it could be they're trying to get rid of, you know, Ru Ru Julius Randle, the Jazz don't want to take him, or it could be a matter of, you know, whether it's RJ Barrett versus, uh, quickly. You know, it, who knows exactly what the what the hang up there is? I think at the end of the day, a do a deal does get done. You know, we, so I agree. I, I I think that that is definitely the case. You want to? I, I I still maintain that you want to get a deal done before the start of training camp. You don't want to go totally into training agree. camp yeah. with so many yeah. question marks no. hanging over players' heads. You want to know where your roster is going right, to be. Exactly. I mean, yeah. to to Pat Beverly's point for your, from you know a couple weeks ago uh, before the whole. Brooklyn Nets drama kind of settled down 
you know, he, he, he kind of threw KD under the bus and said it's incredibly selfish and unfair that, like, you have all these other guys that are stuck in limbo waiting to see if a deal gets done None, right. because teams are trying to figure out who they have to include. Dude, and if you yeah. sign a player, you can't trade them. You have, you have, you have to wait. There's a right. moratorium before you can trade them. That is correct. So there's so much, like, just in limbo. So in this kind of situation, it's almost kind of the same. Uh, you don't really know who's going where, what's going to be included. So, now, granted, it's not Donovan Mitchell's fault. It's not oh, right. you know, Russell yeah, Westbrook's yeah, fault. Yeah, like, this, yeah. this has to do with the GMs. Sure. Um, so... Make something happen, uh, or otherwise just commit and and settle it. So, yeah. uh, but that's what I got on that. Um, you know, and uh, last but not least, we have here in our shortened uh, NBA episode part one. We've got a pretty disappointing news, Chris. Yeah. We got yeah. some disappointing news um, that I think begs a larger question, and that sure. is one Mr. Chet Holmgren, number two draft pick out of Gonzaga, uh, went to the OKC Thunder. Uh, you know, he got hurt in the, in Jamal Crawford's Seattle uh, crossover event. Um, he hurt his foot. Uh, it's a Lisfranc ligament. Uh, that he hurt, um, and he's going to be done for the season. He's yeah. not even going to yeah. suit up in a single NBA game uh, for his potential, his rookie season. What would have been his rookie season? Yeah. Um, disappointing, obviously. Big time. Uh, yeah, big you know, time. so let's big start time. there. Yeah. Um, you know, disappointing for OKC Thunder fans, right? Yeah, big time. You know, look, uh, Chet had a pretty good summer league. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, he was really dominant for Gonzaga. Yes, he's got a tiny rail of a frame. Mm-hmm. But we've seen some other guys come into the league with similar frames. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple years later. Kevin they, Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. They bulk up a little bit. In some guys' instances, it doesn't matter. Sure. Kevin Durant. So, um yeah, I, I, it, it, it's, it's a big time disappointment. From what I understand, I mean, to miss an entire season with this, a Liz Franck injury can be very uh, annoying. What you know, looking for the right word to use here, but it, these injuries can be anything from a couple weeks to a uh-huh. couple months to, in this case, a whole season. So, um, you know, I don't know if he's straight completely tore the the ligament there you know the Liz Franck is between the big toe and, and the next toe essentially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's not as much ligaments in there connecting everything as there is to the other toes so um I'm not a medical expert just a, it's just uh, that's about all I know about the injury but yeah. I do know that it can be you know fairly significant in this case obviously it seems like it's fairly significant for a big man who you know sometimes there's always questions with with these guys and the feet you know we've seen Mm -hmm. it before sometimes big guys can get prone to these kind of foot injuries so to have this happen before you even play an nba game certainly disheartening that's for sure i mean to to have it happen in a you know in a pro-am game and you know what a month not even before training camp's gonna get going yeah even more disappointing but yeah it's uh it it, it 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 stinks for OKC yeah. and it stinks for Chad Holmgren. You know, I know he's assured everybody he'll be back and everything. And yeah, you know, there's some guys that that missed their rookie year and, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, came back very strong. Sure. You know, Blake Griffin, for yeah. instance, didn't play at all his rookie year and you know came back. But of course, injuries came to nag him throughout his career right. as well. But 
I hope that's not the case with Chet, but if anything, it robs him of, of a big developmental year. I mean, yeah. OKC is clearly in a rebuild. They've got a lot of young guys, yep. a lot of young draft picks that they're going to be working in. You want an opportunity to see what you got and, mm-hmm. and get that year of growth. So, um, yeah, uh, that's tough, dude. It uh, is. It is. Uh, you know, I, Mikey, what do you what do you think about this? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it sucks. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, his his summer league, you know, he came out right out the gate, played really really well, six block shots, like you know, yeah. it was like, all right, well, he's going up against other you know NBA level talent, you know, and and you know, look what he can do. Second game, not so much. Third game, a little bit of a bounce back game, you know. So. I, I think you, you're robbed of what that would look like. You're robbed of, a, like you said, a season of development with, um, you know, SGA, Shai Gildas, Gilgis Alexander, yeah, right, you know, yeah. and, and some of those other young guys there that they have in OKC. And, you know, yeah, it robs them of that. It robs them of that continuity, of that building, that chemistry. You know, clearly he'll be with the team. He'll probably travel with the team, be there at home games, rooting them on. Sure, you know, sure. uh, he'll be doing all that kind of stuff, which is great. But you want him on the floor. Um, you know, so it sucks, you know, just looking at it, um, there's a a good article on Yahoo sports and it's running down some of the other players that have had this similar injury, just to name a few guys, Udonis Haslam, he had this injury back in 2010. Um, you know, he ended up coming back before the end of the season. Um, you know, he, he tore it, uh, 13 games into the season and then he ended up coming back. Um, you know, uh, Furkan, uh, uh, Korkmaz, you know, for the 76ers, he had the same deal, uh, but he came back and, uh, you know, he, he played pretty well. Sure. Uh, Caleb Martin, um, he suffered the injury in college um, when he was at UNLV. Gerald Green, he suffered the injury, but he's been out of leagues. Jason Preston, who was a Clippers rookie. Okay. Uh, he heard it in the preseason uh, uh, summer league, and uh, but he came back in the summer league this year, and he was averaging seven about eight points, about, you know, five okay. assists and about four rebounds and a steal. So, um, yeah, he, he's going to he, he's gonna be there with the Clips this, this season. So, you know, just a few guys. Haslam probably being the most, uh, uh, having the most name recognition. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he just signed up for his 20th, yeah, 20th final year. season. He's um, been able to come back just so, fine. Yeah, so, so you know, I, I think that that bodes well. Obviously, like you pointed out, though, you know, for somebody like Chet Holmgren, you know, his frame, his, in, you know, his, me, you know, there might be some people out there that a little bit wary of this, that, yeah. you know, yeah. hey, man, like you might have to bulk up a little bit, yeah. which kind of been the, the case so far, what people have been saying. And, you know, he's just a kid, man. I mean, yeah. he's not even 20 yeah. years old. He's so yeah. he's still growing. He's still doing his thing. So it's hard to expect him to be like this grown man body, you know, right. in a teenager, yeah. you know, or whatever, or a young adult. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. He sure. played pretty healthy throughout yeah. his career. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so, he did. He did. Um, I don't think that there's anything to be had with that. Um, I think, though, that the bigger question is, and this is something that's been an ongoing debate for years. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're the the team that has you under contract, right? In this case, yeah. the OKC Thunder. You don't want to say that you you the, your players can't play in these kinds of tournaments, but at the same time, when injuries continue to happen, freak or not, anytime you're playing a competitive game of basketball, whether it's a pickup game or it's for the Olympics or the World Cup or what sure, have you, right. you're running the risk of injury. Totally. But 
do you you can't put rap, rap bubble wrap around these guys, Chris? But, no, you're you know, right. Do you support the players in being able to play in these kinds of situations? Do you think the league or your your controlling team has an obligation to say, hey, we we want you to play basketball, but not if it's going to risk you know you not being able to play for a season, like yeah. a torn ACL or you know yeah. I mean uh, uh, Achilles tendon, like. It's a great question. Yeah, Mikey, that you know, it's a great question. And I would say that yes, the teams do have um, you know, a, however you want to word it, the teams do have a right or you know, should be able to if they want to to kind of, you know, not necessarily dictate what what the guys are doing, sure. but you know, they're paying these guys a lot of money, and, and it's about protecting your assets. So, look, for a long time in the NFL, it's been written in a lot of guys' contracts. You're not going to go play basketball in the offseason because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all these guys, when you get to the professional level, are usually very good athletes in general. These are usually guys that were stars in multiple sports in high sure. school. Not all the time, but right. a lot of times they were a really good basketball player. That That's a football star, you know? Right, so, right. These guys want to, hey, it's the offseason. I want to play, I want to shoot some hoops. You know, I want right. to do this. The NFL, a lot of that, they, they wrote in certain contracts, yeah. you know, no playing basketball, no this in the offseason. Like, guys will work out, they'll do their thing, but you're not seeing guys go playing a pro-am flag football, you know, right. match or something like that or anything like that. Um, same thing, baseball, they kind of have some different offseason things, but nobody's going and, like, same type of thing, you right. know. I mean, a celebrity thing or whatever. You go up and you take one swing, you're probably not going to get hurt, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever type of thing. But back to basketball in particular, yes, I think a team can use some discretion and say, "Hey, look." Now, when you're talking about the Olympics or you're talking about an in- international tournament yeah. and a qualifier, I think the players and I think every team would would be like, "Yeah, go ahead, go represent your country." Right. I, I think that is fine. I think when you're talking about things like this and, and pro-ams and stuff and, mm-hmm. and the closer to the start of, of the season, I would be like, no way. I yeah. would not have my guys out there at the end of August playing in a pro-am tournament somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do your pro-ams, you do that right when the season gets done. Right. Because guys are still fresh. They're, they're, right. They right. just got done playing. You're coming off of being in game shape and everything yeah, like yeah. that. Granted, you could say, yeah, they're kind of tired from, from the season, but... The off season, you're supposed to recuperate and work yeah. out and get ready for the next season. So, yeah, my to answer that, yeah, I I think I think teams, you should be able to kind of do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, will will teams start to do that? You know, we'll see. They might. You know, they right. might now. But, yeah, I I with the pro am stuff, I've always been leery of that, dude. Just like NFL, and now we kind of see it these days. The preseason games that yeah. don't mean anything. We, we are seeing less and less starters start. And, yeah. you know, hey, after a few years ago and, and Green Bay was defending a Super Bowl and we went out there in a preseason game and Jordy Nelson tore his ACL, not even being guarded by anybody, just taking out on a route. At that point, you know, I remember texting my brother, let's never play a starter ever again in a preseason game because right, right. who cares? Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, that's my take on that, dude. I think within reason, you yeah. know, I think it, it's completely fair because other sports have been doing this for a while. And especially with the month you're paying these guys, it's kind of like they're right. an asset to you yeah. and your organization. You are just looking to protect your assets. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I 
you know, it's it's hard to tell, especially when it comes to basketball. Like, you know, you you've got the Hoopers and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. They just, you know, these guys play basketball. They live, eat, breathe. They do, right? You know, you basketball. So they just the want to play yeah. basketball. You yeah. know, and I think in this situation, it's kind of unique a little bit, just because you know this was Jamal Crawford's you know uh, tournament. Um, it was in Seattle. Seattle hasn't had a basketball yeah, team those are good since, points, you know, Mikey, yeah. since the, the Supersonics yeah. left to become the Thunder, right, ironically right. enough. So, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things. LeBron James was there. You yeah. know, he was playing. And, you know, I, I think that there is a certain level to that. And, you know, the Pro-Am game, you know, you look at LeBron a few weeks ago, a month ago or whatever, playing in the Drew League, you know, with DeMar DeRozan yeah. and stuff like that. No one got hurt in that type of situation. Yeah, that's true. Everybody but in a lot of fine. those kinds of situations, I mean, you're talking about a borderline all-star game where the, there's yeah. hardly any defense being played. Right. You know, I do think that there's a certain level of, like, freak, freak accident that kind of happened with this. That's that, like, true. I, I you're not going out there. You're. I, I don't entirely know when, you know, the injury happened in the game, if it was within the first five minutes, if it, if it was late. Later in the game yeah. when he'd already warmed up, you know, I mean, I mean, it's just, there's so many nuanced things that you have to think about. I, I do agree that, you know, you have to kind of protect, you know, these guys because, you know, from themselves to a certain degree, because you don't want them to get hurt and now they're done for the year or whatever, right. significant portion of time. Now, the flip side, the Thunder, yes, for chemistry and all those other kinds of reasons, continuity, you wanted him to be able to suit up. In the grand scheme of things, for a rookie player, he's potentially only got a very long career ahead of him, True. and it doesn't really matter this season. Yeah. You know, if anything, he hits the weights this season, not having to worry about the grunt, the wear and tear on his body. He gets another year of development to yeah. hit in the weight room and that kind of That's thing. True. So I think maybe that potentially works in his favor. Um, you know, Jay Williams, the, the, the point guard out of Duke that got drafted by the Chicago Bulls kind of comes to mind. Now, granted, he didn't get hurt in, in playing a basketball game, but right. he got hurt in a motorcycle right. accident, and it was yeah. very soon after where it was like guys were like, "Yeah, I can't have a motorcycle." Yeah, you know right. that kind of yeah. a thing. Because, yep. but the bottom line is, is that like you know, freak accidents happen, and and, and oh, you know true, whether you're water skiing, yeah. you're swimming, yeah. you're, you're right. you know you're, right. you're on the treadmill. You could get hurt you know? in a you variety of different ways, dude. That, that's down, a good you know, point. Walking yeah. up and down the stairs, right? Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of situations like that. I agree with you about the Olympics, World Cup playing for your national team, that kind yeah. of a thing. I do think that you have every right to do that. The NBA should not, or your, the team should not stifle that. Um, the And FIBA and whatnot does a good job about staggering that so it doesn't happen during You're the right. season. You're right, that's true, they do. Um, yeah, they so do. it's not like it's, you know, not like soccer where the World Cup happens and you pause, yeah. And, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Major teams, League Soccer right. and you, you, you pause the Champions League and all the other kind of stuff to sure. go play the World Cup or the Olympics or whatever. Um, so... I do think, but I, and it's just precaution. You know, I think you got to take some precautions. But it sucks regardless. It's absolute. It's a. It's it just really sucks, man. Because I think he could have been in the conversation for rookie of the year. I think it just would have been exciting to see him out there. You know, all all skin and bones of him, blocking shots and doing things that you know. It would have been great to see him going up against joker uh joel yeah Embiid, right you know? yeah, it would have been totally, awesome man. to see him DeAndre Ayton, yeah you know it would have been awesome to see him go up against these guys that you know i agree have got more weight on them and, and just see what that would have looked like but again sucks but you know and and he'll be come back and you know lord willing 
he'll, he'll come back stronger and, and better. So Absolutely. that's what I got. Um, you know, this has been a great, somewhat short episode, Chris. Absolutely, uh, brother. You know, Enjoyed we're, we're going to yeah. yeah, we're going to touch bases here later in the week. We're going to go over some football stuff. Yeah. Uh, and make a football episode. And, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, dude. So. Uh, yeah, man. In closing, that's all I got, dude. I hope everybody has a great week, and you know, we'll we'll touch base with you later, and uh, with some football stuff. What else do you got, Chris? That's about it, man. You know, like you well said, Mikey. Enjoy the weekend. You know, uh, uh, check out my college football yes, preview yeah, on Amazon yeah. and Kindle if you haven't yet. That is out there and available. Twenty twenty two college football preview. It's all you need to type in. It'll come right up. Um, check out our Patreon page. We'll. Uh, we'll continue to post some football yep. picks during the season on there for everybody. Give that a peek. Otherwise, uh, like Mikey said, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy mm-hmm. the week. We're getting yep. closer and closer to the start of the NFL. Oh, yeah. We'll be back some point during the week with our big NFL preview, guys. Yep. So, everybody take care. Have a good one, Mikey. Great episode. Bro. Great episode.